Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. We're going to continue in this journey of... uh, Understanding spiritual maturity, understanding how our maturity increases our capacity. You know that you need a capacity to understand the things of the Lord. Amen? We need to have a capacity to understand. We do not uh, come in fully with that capacity, with that ability to understand. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul is encouraging this church. He's actually identifying that a lot of the behavior issues uh, that they're struggling with, a lot of the challenges that they're facing, um, a lot of the inaccuracies that are taking place even in their services. If you read later on, they had a, a lot of overuse or misuse or abuse of spiritual matters. And All of this was a result from what he's addressing right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1. It simply states, I could not speak to you. Brethren, I could not speak to you. I could not speak to you. I could not speak to you. He says, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Meaning, I've got a level that I want to be able to address some things. I got places I want to take you spiritually. I've got things that I want to reveal to you, show you, speak to you, but there's an ineptness. There's a lacking on your side to be able to receive or to handle. And that's why we have the divisions. That's why we have the envies. That's why we have the strife. That's why we have uh, the deterioration in our relationships. In in essence, if you read, and he addresses this in chapter 1, actually, right off the bat, he's addressing basically a church split taking place. Some are saying that they are of the group that follows Paul. And then there's another group that says, well, we follow Apollos. And then he says, and there's another group of you that thinks you follow Christ. And he he, he says, is Christ divided? Are there different Christs that I'm following this one and I'm following this one, but you're following that? He says, no, of course not. Why would these things be taking place? And he addresses kind of the the basis of these challenges or of these issues in chapter three when he says, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Instead, I must speak to you as to carnal. He identifies as to babes in Christ, meaning you're in Christ You're in the kingdom, but you settled for getting in. You settled for being born into something. You settled for just the entry level, if you will, just the basis. Uh, uh, The writer of Hebrews says you settled for the elementary capacity, the elementary principles, right? And so he goes on to say in verse 2, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. So immediately he goes back to this capacity. You could not handle more than milk, and you shouldn't have. Again, he's not degrading them. He's not demeaning them. He's not uh, saying that, you know, I I should have been able to stuff steak, you know, down your throats. He's, He's saying, I fed you early on with milk. That's what you needed. 
that was sufficient enough to get you to a certain level to increase your capacity. But unfortunately, we have stayed at that level. He says, for until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you're still not able. Why? Verse 3 addresses, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And look, the things that he's addressing aren't like, you know, these super crazy sinful activities, right? I mean, we're, this, this is kind of, uh, you know, stuff that, you know, even today we kind of just accept as, you know, that's going to happen. You know, it, it, it's basic. It, it sounds, it, it is as immature as it sounds. And he says, you're, you're dealing with things, you're, you're behaving in a manner that's producing uh, a, a character, producing an experience, producing a, an outward behavior that is childish. You're, you're acting like babes because you have remained babes and you have not allowed yourself to grow and strengthen your capacity. Let's look at this in the Amplified again. Just for uh, context and for just kind of opening our eyes to some things. Verse 1, however, brethren, I could not talk to you as to spiritual men, but as to non-spiritual men of the flesh in whom the carnal nature predominates. This is what we know is that behavior, actions, lifestyle, uh, it eventually uh, will reveal or become evidence of what we have received or grown to on the inside. We don't, you don't hear a lot of this in, in today's day and age. We're talking about spiritual growth and spiritual development and putting off certain things and putting on certain things and, and, and uh, you know, sin and holiness conversations in a lot of churches that have almost just, we, those are, Subjects we don't ever talk about. Those are subjects we ever we never really address. But Paul's addressing it. If Paul were ministering today, we probably would leave his church. <laughs> we just we probably couldn't handle it. I mean, he's very bold. Uh, if you look at this in the Passion Translation, look at this in the Passion Translation, verse one, brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are spiritually mature people. For you are still dominated by the mindset of the flesh and because you are immature infants in Christ. Now, he's not worried about a church split. They're doing that on, the, on their own. <laughs> but, you know, he, he's saying things that the American church would find hard to swallow today. How dare? Who do you think you are in your self-righteous pulpit? talking about my immaturity and my infancy and my, my, my lack of growth and development. Verse 2 said, I had to nurse you and feed you with milk, not with the solid food of more advanced teachings, because you weren't ready for it. Paul said, I was withholding for a reason. You weren't ready. Again, we've, we've addressed this over these last several weeks, that God knows what you can handle. God knows uh, what you can be held accountable for. God knows what you'll respond to his word in like manner. And and this is this was interesting. I, I found this message. I don't know how I missed it because I listen to my pastor every week. 
But I found a message, it's on YouTube, called Hearing from Heaven by Pastor Earl Glisson, our pastor in St. Augustine, Florida. And he's ministering out of this very passage and saying, and I, I promise you, I, I did not, oh, I think I need to minister that on Wednesday. I had no idea. I was actually looking for a different message from a different pastor. And his popped up. I was like, how did I miss this? Or maybe I did listen, but the Lord knew I wasn't ready to receive something just yet. I, I, I don't know. It was, it was on the sidebar of YouTube, you know, where we get lost, right? And, and three hours later, here we're watching cat videos, and I started out watching something completely different. How did I get here? Hearing from heaven. I'm like, well, that sounds like, and he started out the very first statement he makes at the beginning of, of this message. The very first statement he makes is, we, well, what, how does he put it? He says, the Lord told him that we must hear from heaven. Not, this is not a, a if scenario with God. He needs his people to hear from heaven. You need to hear from heaven. You cannot bring heaven if you cannot hear heaven. Y'all with me? God does everything by his word. Every demonstration is to confirm the word. He doesn't just demonstrate to demonstrate. He's not just working in might and in power and in demonstration. He is doing that to take you back to, here's what I said, Miracles, signs, and wonders are designed to confirm the teaching of the word. And the teaching of the word sets the stage for miracles, signs, and wonders. It all goes back to the word of God. If we do not have a value for the word of God, we cannot efficiently bring heaven as we are designed to and called to. Hearing from heaven must be a regular practice. And that's why we're ministering on the weekends about living aware, living aware of the word, living aware of what God wants, living aware of how God operates, living aware, because it ought to be as easy to hear God's voice as it is to take a breath into my lungs and exhale it back out. It ought to be that simple. It's not striving. It's not toiling. It's not hard work. I wish I could hear God. Oh, God, why are you silent? Oh, we're, we're done with that. We've got to hear from heaven, and he wants to make his words so clear to you. I've been confessing that all week because this past week, I don't know if you noticed, uh, it was pretty tight in here. And so I actually met with a few individuals this morning. I had to, I had to just call an impromptu uh, architectural engineering uh, site planning meeting. I called him Monday morning and I said, when can you get here? And so I, and, and we had 306 people in here. I just bought y'all a hundred new chairs to get us to 300. We had 306. They're bringing in plastic chairs from the hallway that I thought we got delivered from. And here, here they come. We kept them. They're back in the hallway, and we're, and we're literally covering every square inch of this concrete with chairs. Yeah, y'all say amen, and I'm saying, oh my. Okay, so, yeah, and it was a disgusting day. Y'all came out on one of the worst days and said, we're just all going to come out together, and we're going to bring everybody with us. 
It was awesome. But I'm like, okay, so we got to do something, right? And so I've got like four different avenues, and I'm like, I need, I need y'all. And thank God they're both spirit-filled people, my architect and my engineer, both of them. And, 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 and so we're like, we just need to hear from God. We need to hear from God. I'm picking their brains. I'm asking questions. What, what can we do? What's the quickest way? What's the cheapest way? What's the uh, most efficient way? What's the most beneficial way? I mean, I got an entire lot of property across the street over here that's just sitting empty. I can go this way. I could go back here to our building that we already own. Uh, that we have a tenant in right now. Uh, I'm talking to the owners of this property next to us over here, trying to get them to move. God, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I just tell you right now, it's not in the bank. That's just how God operates. It's not in the bank. But it wasn't in the bank when God said, buy it. And it showed up. It will be there when we need it. That's the least of my concerns. That's the least of my concerns. I just need to know where to put it. Because it's not like you can build it. It's like, ah, it didn't really work over there. Let's move it over here. Like, that doesn't work. So, you know, but what? We've been confessing since the end of last year. This is a year of abundant clarity. Abundant clarity. Like, more clarity than I need. God wants to make himself abundantly clear. You ever told your kids that? Have I made myself clear? Sometimes I feel like God looks down and says, have I made myself clear? Have I not given you 66 books, 40 plus authors, front to back? I'm making myself clear to you. Just listen. Just abide. Just abide. This is going to be easy. So we're going to hear from God, and then we're going to take those steps, and you're going to take those steps with us. Amen? Say amen to that. All right. So he says uh, in verse two, I had to nurse you and feed you with milk, not with the solid food. This is in the Passion Translation of more advanced teachings because you weren't ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready to be fed solid food for you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. Ask yourselves, is there jealousy among you? Do you compare yourselves with others? Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? If so, this proves that you are living your lives centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh, and behaving like unbelievers. Now, that, is that clear? That's clear. That's clear. I, I, I got you, God. That's clear. I hear you, Paul. He's wanting to make himself clear. In, uh, let's see. Let's go to uh, Hebrews. Go to Hebrews 5. I want to keep moving us forward in this, so I'm not going to just keep harping on the same points. But there's also an intention behind that, that we're, we're stressing some things, because just as we're learning, sometimes we move on too quick, and God still wants to reveal something. God still wants to show something. And so we want to make sure that we tap into, unveil all that God is revealing. In the New Living Translation, Hebrews chapter 5, starting with verse 11, he says, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. 
<laughs> These guys, can you just take it easy on us? Come on, I'm doing my best here. Why don't you make it clear? Why don't you just make it clear? You have been believers as so long now. So we're back to the time frame again. We're back to the, that time frame issue again. So long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. Remember, we're not abandoning basic things, but we are building on basic things. There's a difference. There are those that deem themselves mature and spiritual, but they've abandoned basic truths, basic theological patterns and principles, basic foundational elements of of Scripture and of the kingdom. No, God wants to give us those, this the, the early infancy basic elementary principles as a building point, as something that we can continue on from, not abandon and, and, and think that that's childish and immature. I need to know two plus two so I can do two times two. There's some basic fundamental building blocks that we need in place, right? And so he says, Uh, that you ought to be able to teach others, but instead someone's having to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training, have the skill to recognize the difference, the difference between right and wrong. In the uh, let's, Let's look at the Amplified. Let's go to the Amplified, same passage. Concerning this, we have much to say, which is hard to explain since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, even slothful in achieving Spiritual insight. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action. For he is a mere infant, not able to talk yet. But solid food is for full-grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. So go over with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Hebrews 5 basically reiterates a lot of what we just saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, Again, many theologians believe that Paul was the writer of Hebrews as well, so you see a lot of consistencies. But at the end of the day, it's the Holy Spirit that uttered these words and encouraged these words to be written, right? And so we see a lot of these consistencies that my maturity determines my capacity to hear from heaven to hear from the Spirit. You and I, living in the natural, cannot live our lives 
Um, I heard someone say this just recently, and it, it really hit me. We owe the world the miraculous. We owe the world the miraculous. In John chapter 14, Jesus says this. Believe that I am in him and he is in me. But if you can't believe that, at least believe me because of the works. I think it's 14 verse 11. And then verse 12, he goes right into, and these works that I do, you will do also. The premise is this, that it is our, uh, I don't want to say job as in the sense of, you know, an obligation, but it, it is our privilege, it is our right, it is our benefit to partner with heaven and see heaven produced on earth. Does that make sense? And when we lower ourselves to living and getting by and uh, existing, you know, there's a lot of people that are alive but not living. You know the difference. One is just taking breath in and out. One's taking up space, but another's making a difference. And you and I were placed on this earth to make a difference, not to point out the problem, but to change the problem. I stand in the way of darkness. Come on. I stand in the way of what the enemy's trying to do. He's going to have to go through me. Nothing should take place in this earth without the church's permission. Y'all hearing me? We're going to have to teach on authority at some point because we've got to get clued in on why we're here and what we're doing. We're not passerbys. Oh, this isn't my home. No, it's not your home. You're supposed to make it look like home. Come on, we've heard all the excuses. I'm just passing on through. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not. You're not. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I'll just... Get involved with what I want to get involved. No, you are here to make a difference. You are here to bring heaven to earth. Matthew chapter 6, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew chapter 16, bind on earth and loose on earth. Nothing should happen in the earth without the church's permission, without you and I either standing in the way of and saying, nope, that cannot take place in my community. No, you're not going to teach that stuff. No, you're not going to do that stuff. No, you're not going to pass that. No, I'm not going to allow that. Or without us accessing heaven and bringing it here and letting it loose. Let healing loose. Let morality loose. Let right thinking loose. Come on, that's up to the church. We're the final authority. That's the way God set this thing up. That's the way Jesus set this thing up. So... How are we going to do that if we still have a mind and intent and will that's more aligned with the natural than the spiritual? How am I going to bring heaven if I'm more engaged with what's happening around me? How am I going to make an influence when I'm more influenced by the world? I cannot influence what I'm influenced by. doesn't work. I'm losing some of y'all. Y'all all right? Okay. We're just connecting the dots because, you know, we, we get into these conversations just like we talked about on Sunday. We talked about our favorite subject, right? Pruning. And we said what? Pruning is God's reward system. Pruning identifies you've grown. 
Let's trim some stuff. You've taken on a response. Let's, let's work some of this back. Let's, let's trim off a little there. Let's touch up a little here. It's God's reward system. Pruning is not God's punishment. It is, it is his discipline. Sometimes it's his correction. But to do what? So that I can bear more fruit. So that I can increase and do more for the kingdom of God. Well, these things are in place to develop us and to grow us. As Paul is trying to identify with this church in Corinth, I need you grown to a certain level. Not so you can walk around with a badge of honor. Not so you can walk around with your, 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 your chest out and your shoulders back. Like, look at me like the Pharisees and Sadducees. That's not spiritual at all. I need you hearing from heaven so you can engage heaven and bring it to the earth. Okay, so Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four. Um, you know, verses 11 through 16, we minister on those quite a bit. That's where uh, Paul identifies the fivefold gifts to the body, right? The pastor, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher. And all five gifts are given for what? The equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. All five gifts have the same assignment, not just the pastor. Not just the pastor. And I believe we're going to get, we're, we're, we're getting back to this, where we're going to see all five of these gifts work in unison together. Not the evangelist pointing at the pastor, why aren't you winning the loss? And the pastor pointing at the evangelist, why aren't you discipling and, and growing people up? And the prophet pointing at the teacher and the teacher pointing at the apostle. I think we're going to see them all working in unison. We're, we're, we're coming back to that. Amen. I think we had gotten to a point where the body expected the fivefold gifts to do all the work. And then four of the gifts expected the pastor to do all the work. And we're, we, we got to get back to everybody understanding their role. Because it says that the five gifts, those five gifts I just mentioned, are given for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Hello, not given so we can give you good sermons and points and, and, and you can take lots of notes. They're given so you can be equipped for the work of ministry. And then he goes on to what that world looks like, what the church looks like that's equipped for the work of ministry. But I want to get down to verse 17. Verse 17, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. And the Gentiles refers to the world, first to unbelievers. For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Remember, this is talking about the world now. This is not just babes in Christ. This is what he's identifying, that babes in Christ, carnal believers, look more like this than they do like the kingdom. So you're in the kingdom, but your behavior still aligns with a former lifestyle. And look what he says in verse 20. Look at this. But that isn't what you learned 
about Christ. That isn't what you learned. What's that? That's that I'm increasing my capacity to learn something because I've given my ear to something, because I'm growing up, because I'm developing. That isn't what you learned about Christ since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Watch this. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, verse 23, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Put on your new nature. What have we said before? That growing old does not equate to growing up. Don't confuse growing old with growing up. Maturity is not a sense of time. It's a sense of development. It's a sense of of how much intention and how much uh, am I taking the word to heart and then allowing the Holy Spirit to open it up. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 16. You don't have to turn there, but we hit on it, I believe, last week when he told his disciples, there's many more things I would love to share with you, but you cannot bear them now. Again, God knows what you can handle. He knows what you cannot bear. Now, we're not talking about challenges in life. Let's just get that clear. Let, let's, let's squash the whole, God will not give you any, anything more than you can handle. Yes, he absolutely will. Otherwise, you'll never have to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right? So that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about knowledge and comprehension. We're talking about ears to hear but don't hear and eyes to see that don't see. That's what we're talking about. God, this just seems like it's, it's, it's too big for me. That's because you need the work of, and the power of, and the help of the Holy Spirit. You're, you're not meant to do it by yourself. That's why he gave you a partner. That's why he gave you a comforter. That's why he gave you a standby. That's why he gave you someone that said he'll abide with you forever. A helper. Everyone say that. Say, I have the helper, the greater one. And the greater one is in you to help you do greater things. Bigger things. Come on, we ought to be doing big things for the kingdom of God. Big things. Think big. Let this be a year you think big. Let this be a year that you think bigger than you've ever thought before. Huh? Like we need to rein you in. Like, oh, oh, okay, okay, slow, slow it down just a little bit. That's what they were telling me today. Because I was like, we could put a building over there, and we could do this, and we could do that, and then we're going to buy that. And, we're gonna, and, and they're like, okay, oh, 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 oh. I want to be rain. I want someone to have to rein me in, then have to get me going. Come on, y'all with me? I don't want somebody. I don't need someone in my life saying, "Hey, you ever going to get up and do anything?" You just grown complacent. You just settled in there. Hey, you feeling good? You think we ought to go? No, I want someone to say, "Hey, whoa, you 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 doing all right?" Got a lot of stuff on the plate there. A lot of irons in the fire. And by the grace of God. We'll find the priority and find what, but I'd rather have that than have to have someone start my engine for me. Y'all, y'all with me? Okay. Well, how do we get there? We gotta put on Christ. Gotta put on Christ. 
And let's just choose to be the church that ushers in the kingdom of God. Let's just choose to be the church that, that takes him at his word and not have to dumb him down to our experience, but us rise to his. Yeah, his ways are, 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 are greater and higher. His thoughts are greater and higher. But I want to attain to that. I don't want to stay down here and have to have him come down. You can't bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Think, well, now we're going backwards, Pastor Mark. Well, because chapter 2 leads us into chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's look at this and see how far we can get. Hallelujah. Man, God is so good. I, I am just pumped up. I'm telling you. It, it goes against everything inside of me. I'm analytical. But you will not comprehend God by analysis. I think we covered that last week, didn't we? You're not going to analyze it. You're not going to figure it out. He's not going to follow your five-step plan. Come on. He's not, you're not going to run it like a Fortune 500. You're going to break the mold. It's time to have some mold breakers in the... I'm just, I feel like you're a cheerleader tonight. Rah, 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 sis, boom, ball. Let's get this thing going, man. I feel like we're just, we're just getting started. Man, his kingdom is so vast. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Why are you worried about what you don't have in the bank account? It will show up. Step out in faith. Let's step out and believe God for some big things. Hallelujah. I'm just pumped. I don't know. Rah, rah, rah. Where did I tell you to go? 1 Corinthians 2. Go to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. I got it up here in the, the New Living. We'll launch out there and we'll probably camp out here week two or so. But look what this says. This is in verse 1. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. Now, I want to remind you, God doesn't keep secrets from you. He has secrets for you. He wants you to know. But the secret is to determine your value because your search determines the value. He hides it to see if you'll go looking for it. Doesn't cast pearls before swine. But you have to do a little digging. We're going to have to get past just the surface level. Just, just give it to me, Pastor Mark. Show me it, Pastor Mark. No, you know what? Sometimes we're just going to minister things and... and let the chips fall where they may. And we need to have the desire to say, man, I don't, I don't understand that yet, but I want to, and I will. You know, we do our Bible reading plans, and, and we do those on an annual basis. And there's been, you know, year after year, there's been some key ones that's, that I, I'll look at my notes from last year and be like, man, that stumped me last year. Well, you know, one of these years, I'm going to come around and I'm going to know. But there's a secret for a reason to determine the value. It's a lost coin. Will you go search for it? It's a treasure buried in the field, but you got to buy the whole field. You don't just get to dig up the treasure. Come on, y'all with me? What's the value that we have for this? 
What's the value? He says that I didn't come to you with lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. My message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speech, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul knew the word. Paul, at another instance, tells you, man, I I had an experience, whether I was in the body or out of the body, I, I don't know, I can't even tell you. I went to the third heaven. Like, Paul saw some stuff. Paul saw some stuff, so much so, that in almost every letter to every church he wrote, he said, I thank my God that he will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, that you can see and understand and comprehend what I have seen and, and, and understand and comprehend. And Paul saw some stuff on a man, on a level. It's like, man, I, I can't just put it in a book for you to just throw on the shelf somewhere. I, I, you, God's going to have to show you some things. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to see this. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. And and this happens many times. What does Proverbs say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and what? Lean not on your own understanding. What's this consistently tell me? That my understanding, my capacity for wisdom, my ability to comprehend is what gets in the way of seeing what God is really doing and what what he's trying to say. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves relying on the podcast, relying on the YouTube, relying on the the software, relying on the commentaries and the dictionaries and the word whatever. And and, and God's saying, man, I'm going to unveil my scripture, not because of all these resources on your shelf or in your cell phone, but because my spirit is identifying and revealing this to you. We've got more uh, access, ease of access, liberty, freedom. I mean, you name it. We, we could, I, I give you the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic and this and that and still not comprehend what God is trying to reveal. Because it doesn't come by the lofty words, the persuasive speeches, the wisdom of man. And if we're not careful, we'll, we will rely more on the wisdom of man than the power of the spirit. He said, yet when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not this kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world would not have understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorified Lord. He said, if they knew what they were doing, they wouldn't have done it. And this, man, I I read this this past week, and it hit me differently. It prompted me, Maybe it was the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was just me. Just to ask, what have I done in my own understanding that if I had known, I wouldn't have done it? 
I mean, if they could crucify the Messiah that was walking the very streets they walked, that lived right among them, that came right out of there, if they missed that, that seems so blatantly obvious. How easy could it be for us to miss it without the power of the Holy Spirit? I mean, we obviously, yeah, how could those Pharisees, how could those soldiers, how, how, how could they crucify the Lord? And, and, and had they known, even though he said it how many times, they will hand me over, I will be beaten, right? I will be crucified. I will rise again on the third day. He said it over and over and over. And even the, the ones that close that followed him the closest missed it. So it, it challenges me on the inside. What, what could I possibly be missing? Then that should convict us all, and that should challenge us all to say, man, I, I do not have the liberty for one second to operate on my own pretensions on my own abilities. God has made us wise. God has given us a great capacity to understand, to comprehend, to learn, to discover. But all of it without the Holy Spirit, it could lead us down a path that we end up crucifying the very things that he's put in our lives to bless us. I wonder what I've crucified in my life on my own wisdom. Hmm. It's just challenging. And I'm asking that for myself. No, he says, in verse 9, that is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. What's that mean? I've got stuff so far greater. I mean, isn't Ephesians 3, doesn't it tell us exceedingly, abundantly, above all? I mean, think about these words that are here that you can ask or imagine. That word think is actually translated imagine. And even what you can imagine. And he says, you still can't get to me. I'll, I'll still exceed it. I'll still do far more. He says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And remember, he's not trying to hide it from you. He wants to show you his goodness. He wants to show you that he will take care of everything. He wants to show you that I'm, I'm leading you into this, not for your uh, 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 destruction. I'm leading you into this for your deliverance, that I'm wanting to do something for you that you couldn't even do for yourself, greater than you would do for yourself. The greatest life you could imagine, and God says, that's nothing. And he walks on streets of gold, folks. What we clamor for and strive for and toil after and work and, and sweat and, and cry over and weep over, he's like, man, I, I've given you free access. Whew. 
I hope you're getting this. He's such a good God. For it was, but it was to us that God revealed these things. How? By His Spirit. You cannot bear them now, but when the Spirit of truth. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Now, he's not talking about speaking in the Spirit, but I can tell you right now, if you understood what this chapter is talking about, you would never argue against tongues or praying in the Spirit or speaking things out in the Spirit ever again. If you knew how limited your capacity was, and just by praying in the Spirit, how you could reach another level, increase your capacity, you you would always pray in the Spirit. You would pray in the Spirit more than you pray in English. Why? Because I'm tapping into a new capacity. God's wanting to increase our capacity this year. God's wanting to increase what we can receive, what we can attain to, what we can understand, what we can comprehend. And guys, if this chapter doesn't make it any more abundantly clear, you're not going to get there on your own natural wisdom. You're not going to get there by the wisdom of man. There aren't enough podcasts you can listen to. There aren't enough commentaries you can read. There aren't enough book studies you can do. There aren't enough Bible studies you can go to that will get, the Holy Spirit can get you somewhere in five minutes far greater than you can do in five years of studying every second of your life. This is what the Holy Spirit has been given to you for. You cannot bear them now, but when the Spirit of truth comes, you're going to tap into a new capacity a new capacity of understanding, a new capacity of seeing, a new capacity of receiving. You won't sit in pews and be like, man, what does he mean by that? It'll flood your imagination. You won't read the word of God and be like, man, this is just black ink on white paper. No, it'll come flooding to you when you release your capacity or release your ownership of having to know, having to understand, having to see it and just say, Holy Spirit, you're going to reveal this. One of the greatest things you can do before you open your Bible and read it is pray in the Spirit because you're now moving out of the natural into the spiritual. Praying in the Spirit is one of the greatest steps of faith you can ever take because you don't know what you're praying. You're literally having to trust that the Spirit of God within you is engaging your spirit and is tapping in and is going straight to the Father for you. What did Romans 8 say? When I don't know what, When I don't know what, when I don't know what, when I don't know, that's where my weakness is. I am weakest where I do not know. But yet I'm the strongest when I tap into his spirit. Hallelujah. It's amazing that we can hear from the spirit to come into the kingdom and say, all right, I got it from here. Because the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts 
the world of sin and that they need a savior. And so we would rely on him to say, to walk us to the door and say, all right, here's the kingdom. Would you like me to show you around? No, sir, I'll take it from here. And we keep living with sickness because we don't allow the Holy Spirit to show us where healing has been bought by the stripes on his back. We continue to live in lack because he doesn't show us the room over here that's got all access that I can now live according to the provisions of heaven, not have to be limited to the provisions of the world. I don't go back here where there's peace of mind. He'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stay on him. And I continue to live with anxiety and worry. I'm in the kingdom, but I'm still living like a former life. I have not so learned Christ and put on the new man. And the Holy Spirit, he said, is my what? My guide into all truth. The Holy Spirit is not here to just walk you to the door of the kingdom and say, Go have a look around. He's here. Let me show you around. Let me show you how to access peace. Let me show you how to access healing. Let me show you how to access uh, spiritual uh, uh, prosperity. Let me show you how to access. And and he's wanting to help you show every provision uh, that is your right and your benefit that belongs to you. Man. You say, no, thank you. I'll take it from here babes in Christ. I've remained at a basic level. I ought to, I I could not speak to you as to spiritual. You understand what we're reading right now goes right into, but brethren, he comes right out of no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined, but brethren, and I speak to you as to spiritual, but as to babes in Christ. These two chapters are connected. Good stuff. Man, I'm going to have to buy this one. This is some good stuff. Hmm. Wow. Verse 12. Verse 11. Verse 11. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. No one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. We have received God's spirit. Oh, that, oh my gosh, guys. No one can know what God is thinking except the Spirit. Next phrase. And you have been given the Spirit. <laughs> Man, a lot, I mean, this is like freedom right here. Come on, what have you been toiling over? What have you been striving for? What have you been trying to access? What have you been saying? God, I don't understand. God, I don't understand. God, I don't understand. He's saying, I've given you my spirit so you can know my mind, so you can know my thoughts. My thoughts are higher. Come on up higher. My ways are higher. Come on up higher. Tap into the spirit of God. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. You remember that guide that brought you to the door? Did you leave him at the door? Let him show you around. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit. Using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. You know what we do today? You know what we've resorted to today? 
we've resorted to using our best natural words to explain spiritual truth. And it falls short every time. It falls short every time. I don't want a gospel that I can fully understand on natural terms. I want a gospel that has to be revealed. Y'all hear me? I don't want a gospel that makes sense in man's ability. I want a gospel that requires a helper to come say, let me show you how this works. So many believers in the kingdom have settled for a gospel that makes sense on man's terms. It's so much greater than that. But people who aren't spiritual, verse 14, can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Those who are, those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. For we have the mind of Christ. For we have the mind of Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. That's man's level. Man's level thinks, I can think like Jesus, the man that walked the earth. That's not what it says. It doesn't say we have the mind of Jesus. This is important, guys. It says we have the mind of Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. (laughs) It's a game changer. I can think like Jesus. No, you can think like an anointed one. An anointed one that has the anointing upon your life. That every area you feel insufficient, lacking, worthless, unnecessary. The Holy Spirit meets that demand and says, I'll bring you up. Here's some anointing. Why do you think a prophet in the Old Testament needed to be anointed? Why do you think a king in the Old Testament needed to be anointing? Why do you think a priest and the Old Testament needed to be anointed. Because they're doing spiritual work. They're doing spiritual matters. Do you have the mind of the anointed one in his anointing? But we understand these things because we have the mind of Christ. That's the last verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And it leads right into the first verse of chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual. By the Spirit, you can see what God's seeing. You can hear what God's saying. You can imagine what God's imagining. You can increase your capacity. But I, brethren, could not speak to you. He's saying, We have the mind of Christ, and yet we're still limited 
in our capacity. We have the mind of Christ, yet we're still unable to receive all. Because see, this is the thing. I cannot apply what I do not know. I'll end it right here. I cannot, uh, I cannot apply. I cannot apply what I do not know. He needs you to know. The Father wants you to know how much he loves you. The Father wants you to know how much he's made available to you. The Father wants you to know all the purpose and plans and pursuits that he has for you. The Father wants you to know all that he's gone through to make these things available to you. The Father wants you to know what heaven looks like. The Father wants you to know how heaven would respond. The Father needs us to know increasing our capacity. That's why he says, set your mind. We have the mind of Christ. Set your mind. Things above, not on things below. How are you going to solve that issue in your marriage? The mind of Christ. How are you going to handle that business situation? The mind of Christ. How are we going to solve what the next step is for Anchor Faith Church? The mind of Christ. How are we going to be an answer to, to all the immorality and depravity in our world? The mind of Christ, guys. You're not going to solve the world's frustrations and challenges by becoming just as frustrated as they are. You can get frustrated. That's an emotion. But allow the emotion to move you to, Holy Spirit, what would you do? What are you doing? Where do we need to go? Do we need to march the Capitol? Do we need to go around the, the county? Do we need to do this? Do we need to do that? Do we need to go to a board meeting? Do we need to talk to so-and-so? There will be natural answers and natural solutions, but they're going to come from heaven, not from here. Not from man's wisdom. They're going to come from the Spirit of God, the guide. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.